social worker and a business owner who facilitates different disability informed services. So I do individual and group coaching and I also do adaptive fitness classes. So just a little about who I am. Um, I started picking at my eyebrows in middle school. So I must have been around 12 or 13. Um, and I didn't even realize I was doing it until I started noticing my eyebrows thinning and having like little gaps and I would get my eyebrows waxed and my mom and I were going to go get my eyebrows waxed and we sort of noticed that there were like these thought spots a little bit so that's when I started becoming more aware of my eyebrow picking I mean even before then I've always had little different compulsions like when I was even younger I would like squeeze my eyes shut or like do this thing where I rolled my eyes. So I always sort of had these different compulsions and I thought with the eyebrow picking, maybe it would be something else that I'd do for like a year and then it passes. But of course, here we are many years later and that was not the case. Um, but around when I started picking is also around when I started struggling with more anxiety and some behavioral challenges in middle school, which I now know was undiagnosed ADHD and has helped me understand my trichotillomania so much better too. So that's a little bit about where I started. Yeah. Great. Thank you. When did you find out there was a name for the behavior that you were exhibiting? Yeah. I feel like after I started noticing that I was picking, I talked to my mom about it and we I like I thought it was embarrassing and I thought it was so weird so I wanted to I started going to different therapists I remember going to like a hypnotherapist and that like I thought it was so like weird in the moment it like didn't help me at all and I went to another therapist who did like mindfulness and meditation and that didn't help. And I tried different like fidget toys and I tried like this and that and really like nothing helped. So I remember just being like during this process sort of aware that I like had trichotillomania and I thought it was like really weird. So I really, I feel like at that time in my life, was so I really like wanted to just stop it yeah I thought like it would just like end so mm -hmm. did you confide in anyone when you found out okay I have I have trichotillomania it's a real thing you know did you start to confide maybe try to find like an accountability partner not really I did talk to my mom about it but I was so embarrassed that I like didn't really want to tell anyone I remember telling maybe like one or two of my friends in middle school and other than that just like not really talking about it at all um I didn't start talking about it more until 
maybe I was in college and started becoming more involved in the mental health community um, and started studying social work and really understanding and like accepting it a little bit more. Um, that's when I started sort of opening up about my trichotillomania. Mm-hmm. When you first shared with your friends in middle school, do you remember what their reaction was like? Yeah, I mean, I remember one of them was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, it was sort of, when I told one of my friends, it was sort of one of those moments when I was younger that I realized, like, she, like, told me something about herself, too. Just about then. Like, it's not just me. I remember another one of my friends who I told, who was very well-intentioned, would, like, see me picking at my eyebrows and be like, stop picking at your eyebrows. And it would not help me at all. I feel like it made me feel like even more embarrassed about it. And I like know she was so well-intentioned, but that was like one of the reasons I kept it hidden is because, and like it's, it's even now, I know that once I point it out to someone that I do it, they'll probably notice me doing it and be like, okay, like that's what she's doing. So it was just, yeah, something that I never really talked about much because I felt like it just drew more attention to it. And then that would like make me even more aware when I was doing it too. So it was sort of like a cycle from there. So I didn't really tell many people when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I first started pulling from my eyebrows and then when they were gone, I started with the lashes and then when they were gone, I started Mm -hmm. with the hair. And I tried to do like eyebrow pencil and eventually older fake eyelashes. Did you have moments where, you know, you tried to cover it up so that no one would really notice? Yeah, I definitely like would wear eyebrow like fill, stuff like that. It's always been, I feel like I have learned to do it in ways that don't pull out as much of my eyebrow hair I don't like pull as much as I do almost like rub and then the hair falls out from the abrasion almost so it is maybe like less noticeable sometimes but I've also confided in people and told them and then they'd be like oh well you don't look like you like pull out your eyebrow hair and then that like feels like well it feels like I do like I have this like you know internal struggle over it and I notice all the time when I'm doing it and I'm getting stressed about doing it so for you to be like well like you can't tell that like doesn't feel great either like you never really know how it's gonna be received so I have Mm -hmm. definitely like tried to cover it up at this point I don't quite as much anymore because I'm just sort of like have come to accept it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you had moments in your life where you kind of have a break? You notice, oh, I'm not pulling as much. Things are growing back in. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely like ebbs and flows with it. Like I notice that it will be like better at some points and worse at other points. I remember it being really bad in high school at some points, but I don't remember it being quite as bad in college. Um, but I think it's partially due to stress. Like I do 
generally notice that when I'm more stressed, I'm picking my eyebrows more. Um, and sometimes I'll like notice that I'm picking my eyebrows more and be like, oh, like, I guess I am a little bit more stressed recently. So it's almost like an indicator for me sometimes too. Um, but I, like, I currently am probably picking the worst that I ever have been. Um, which I guess makes sense because owning my, like having my own business, there's a lot of different and new types of stress that I'm learning to deal with. Um, but it is an interesting balance of probably being like the happiest and most fulfilled that I have been in my day to day and in my career with also like feeling probably the most stressed that I have been in my life too, because there are all these new challenges that are coming up and things I'm learning to deal with and all these like different adulting tasks. And it, yeah, it definitely ebbs and flows, but it has been recently which has is what um is like one of the reasons that motivated me to start posting a little bit about it on tiktok too because i think like talking about it and opening up about it is helpful for just like internalizing that acceptance in myself like hearing myself say what i would tell to others about it and really like knowing that that's the truth mm -hmm. How do you get yourself out of that, you know, negative self-talk um, kind of cycle? Because I know for me, I pull and I'm like, you idiot. You know, like it's really mm -hmm. easy to start feeling that way. How do you get yourself kind of out of that? Yeah, I feel like I made a friend in college who she was like one of my first friends probably she was actually definitely my first friend who also I knew had trichotillomania. Like we connected over that in college and i thought she was so cool and i was like oh my gosh this like cool girl like also picks her hair out too and it was like really this moment where i was like okay you have like no idea what anybody's really experiencing behind the scenes and i started getting really involved with the mental health community in college and opening up more about my anxiety and my trichotillomania. And I found that whenever I talked about my trick, someone I knew was like, oh, I do that too. And it would give other people that space to feel comfortable saying it and putting it out there. And really, like, I just started to internalize, especially as a social worker who's providing mental health services to other people, I really began to notice that when you put your vulnerable, authentic self out there, people see themselves in that and it gives them the permission to put their authentic self out there too. And there is so much rooted and grounded in who I was outside of what I looked like and outside of what other people thought of me and just found so much joy in like putting my authentic self out there and connecting with people who resonated with that it's something that i'm just i it's i'm so passionate about doing that and at this point i've really like based my whole career around just connecting with people who feel different and misunderstood and isolated because maybe they don't manage stress or cope or communicate with people the same way that other people might in like a neurotypical world. So 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how you met her. How did you know, I mean, I met in college, but how did you both find out, hey, we do the same thing? Yeah, I don't even remember. We were in the same sorority um, and we started becoming friendly. I don't remember exactly even how the conversation came up, but I once it had opened up, it really like was so nice to just have someone to be able to relate to in that sense. I remember like in college, especially in college, there are times that it's like you're studying or you're writing something or you're on your laptop and you look down and there's just like all these hairs that you like pulled out everywhere. And like, it's, I don't know, college is like a stressful time. There would be times that I was like in class and I would be picking up my eyebrow hair and the professor would like be like, Hillary, do you have something to say? And I would just be like, oh my gosh, no, I'm just like sitting here, like picking out my eyebrow hair. Like it's a really hard time when you're like coming into your identity and feeling like there's something shameful about it. Um, and just connecting with somebody else who had of the shame from it for me. Mm -hmm. How did you feel going onto the TikTok world and finding out there's like millions of views on like hashtag Trichotillomania? What was that like? Yes, I was like, once I started becoming more like active on TikTok, I was like, oh my gosh, there, there like has to be people who post about this stuff. And I was so excited. I know your posts were like some of the first ones that I came up with. And I was like, not only are people like posting about this, but like there are people who are like educating on this and like influencing on this. And like really like it was like making like memes about it and like using like the TikTok trending sounds to talk about it. Like it doesn't need to be like this shameful, embarrassing thing. Like when I saw it on TikTok, not only was I excited that people were talking about it, but I was excited to see it in this more like lighthearted way too, where it's not like this shameful thing that like you are guilty of doing, but people like being like, okay, like, well, yeah, this is like a natural thing that some people do and that's just part of life and like that is like natural human diversity like people manage their stress and cope with things in different ways and people's bodies respond to things in different ways and it was so crazy i love connecting with other people who have trick because it's just helps you like internalize that it isn't something that you need to feel isolated about um, so I was, I was so excited to see that on TikTok. It, I think that's a really cool thing about social media is you really get that lived experience and that personal insight in a way that you don't get when you are in school or learning about something online. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, I, I was so inspired. Like I went, you know, this is years ago now, but I went on Instagram even. I'm looking up trichotillomania and people are showing their bald spots. They're mm -hmm. showing their eyelashes. And I'm like, oh, I want to be like you someday, you know, and I'm like older than them. And I'm like, I want to mm -hmm. be like you because wow, I was so inspired. I couldn't believe because like, you know, I felt the same way you did. I don't want to talk about this. I'm so yes. embarrassed by this. Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so happy for the younger generations because they just can talk about it. I could not mm-hmm. do that. Yes. I remember when I was young and like sort of figuring out what trichotillomania was. I remember looking on YouTube about it and like seeing videos and I was like thinking because I started picking in middle school and I was like, I think my middle school self would be proud of me for talking about it. I think she'd also be so embarrassed and be like, girl, like, why are you telling everybody about this? Like, that is so embarrassing. And it really is something that I'm like, it's almost like you have to heal that inner child, like feeling coming up where it's this like, weird thing that really sets you apart from other people because it's not Mm -hmm. oh yeah have you seen trick or any like bfrb portrayed in the media a little bit but not majorly there will be comments in shows when somebody gets stressed and they're like well I got stressed and like pulled out all my eyebrows and I'll be sitting there like actually put it like pulling out my eyebrows and I'm like like I don't know I and not that I don't think there's like anything wrong with it at all but there's definitely not any representation of someone who actually like pulls out their hair like has a hair pulling or skin picking disorder and like that's just like a part of their character I feel like it's usually just like a quick joke of like somebody's stressed and like doing this it's like for me it isn't like a stress thing I think it does sometimes ebb and flow as I'm more stressed or less stressed but it's like it's always there like it's always something that I do it never totally goes away even when I'm doing it less so I mean I've never yeah I've never really seen like any representation like that mm-hmm. this is where I, I plug Amy Schumer's show I, I talk about it all the time but her show Life and Beth Amy okay. Schumer it was like very um you know, it's, it's her life pretty much. Okay. The character Beth is her. And so there's younger Beth and she has trick. And when I watched it, I wanted to start crying. And like, you know, when you see a BFRB on the TV, it's kind of like, you know, you're tuned in. You're like, whoa, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I recognize this. Yes. Um, and I think she did a beautiful job. Like I would definitely, I would watch it if I were you. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Super interesting and good to know. Wow. Cause I'm like, how, you know, I've seen like the Sopranos, there's a character who pulls her hair and it's a big extension about this big that comes out. Um, and it's, yeah. Or the, the interview, the movie, the boy just pulls out one eyebrow. Yeah. So to see Amy be the director for this show and she actually has it, I was like, how is she going to do this? Yeah. And I think she did great. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, it mm-hmm. is almost like, it's very exaggerated when it's used in a show. Like it will be like a whole clump of hair as though that like happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had, to, I had to plug that show. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what do you do for self-care either in general or kind of after that post-pulling session where you're like, you know what? I need to do something. Yeah, I feel like anything that keeps my hand sort of 
it is not only like outside so i sort of get that fresh air and gives me like some time to clear my mind but it's also like not only gives my hands something to do but gives them so much like input and stimulation from all the different like textures and like the moisture and feeling the roots and like pulling things out and then also gives me something to like think about and focus on at the same time i feel like probably activities that give my brain and hands like something to focus on like the same thing and really like concentrate on something with my mind and my hands and like mm -hmm. fully take my focus away from like that pulling sensation mm -hmm. what advice would you give someone who has trick or any bfrb really um and they want to start sharing they would kind of want to start putting themselves out there yeah i would say totally i mean definitely do it and connect with other people who have trick because there's so much value in building that community and hearing from people who have shared experiences and what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them and what people have said to them and how they've dealt with it i think there's so much value and power in that um and i think also just really again being like rooted and grounded in who you are as a person because everything else like your appearance and any other external factors the people around you the places that you are your job these things ebb and flow so you really need to have that foundation of self-acceptance and self-understanding coming from that yeah that uh sort of different angle mm -hmm. when i kind of got to the point where i'm like you know what I'm going to have this self-acceptance, like self-love, that's me. You know, getting to that point, I had to say to myself, listen, you're going to pull forever. Like I, mm -hmm. I had to, for me personally, I was like, this is with you for life. Yep. So let's start treating it better. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Yeah, I totally had the same thing. I noticed, I mean, even starting in middle school, when I started pulling, I immediately tried to stop doing it. And I noticed that it made it worse, like not only made it physically worse, like the picking got worse itself, but then like the shame about it also got worse when you're like trying to stop and not able to, you just like feel so much more guilty about it and embarrassed and accepting that it will always sort of be there really minimizes both parts of those things and i think really understanding why you're doing it helps too like what specific simulation you're getting how you're feeling while you're doing it i know for me it helps me sort of self-soothe and focus and i do it while i'm driving or while i'm relaxing and it's not always like stressed pull so sort of accepting that okay well this is like one of the ways that my body is self-soothing and coping with stress is was a big sort of piece in that understanding and acceptance mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier that you're arguably the happiest you've been but yet your pulling is the worst mm -hmm. how did you how did you get to that point 
to be able to separate your trick from your happiness? Yeah. Well, so I, I, that is why it's hard to tell what with tricks sometimes, whether it's anxiety or not. And I know after I left my full-time job to start my business and it it's hard because I am the happiest I have been but I'm also dealing with the most new things that I've ever dealt with and with leaving my full-time job I also left that nine to five structure that I basically had for my entire life up until this point I mean when you're in school when you're working you are going in, sort of putting in your work, turning something in, getting affirmation, feedback from your supervisor and leaving. And now as a business owner, I'm really learning how to structure my work and structure my income and figure out how to take time off and when to keep working and how to set those boundaries, especially when I am doing mental health and wellness related work, it really feels like my work is an extension of myself. Um, so figuring out how to set those boundaries and exploring that has definitely been a challenge. I, but on the other end, I've also been able to accommodate my needs better being self-employed than I ever have before. I can work on my own schedule and really meet myself where I'm at day to day and listen to my own patterns and my energy and my motivation and sort of go from there. And the work that I'm doing is stuff that I really care deeply about and I'm so fulfilled by. and connected to and I really am I'm enjoying my day to day now better than I was before when I was at a full-time job um and I have just sort of noticed the eyebrow pulling increase alongside that but I am with my circumstances has really helped me in separating myself from that. It's again, like sort of grounding back in my own values and my own passions and looking at what I am accomplishing and doing with my time and what I'm feeling and what I'm creating for myself instead of anything else that's going on on the outside. Mm -hmm. Something that um, I thought of recently, like felt recently, was like you, I'm, I think I'm the happiest I've been. I feel mm -hmm. like I have been for a while. Like I just keep getting happier, but yeah. I'm still pulling the eyelashes, mm -hmm. still have things missing. And I like said out loud, I was like, yeah, because I, I think someone had asked me like, um, if being so open has made me pull less. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, actually, me being so open about it I feel better inside, but I look a little different outside versus when I was feeling horrible inside and you couldn't really tell. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's an interesting you yeah. know, dynamic to think about. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting. And I feel like talking about it more to you have maybe that increased awareness of it. Also, like there's so many sort of different pieces of it that 
fit together and it really like changes day to day too. Mm -hmm. When you have those moments of like, I, I call it the trick trance, you're locked in, like you're not getting out of this until there's hair on the mirror, or, you know, on the floor. How, how do you snap yourself out of it if you are able to? Yeah, I'll usually try to like do something with my hands. There are like times, I mean, especially at this point with where I am in my like trick journey where I'll realize that I'm doing it and not try to get out or not stop because I... understanding like if this is something that my body is doing then maybe I need to be doing it for some reason like maybe there's like something I'm like stressed about subconsciously that I need to like regulate from and I don't know I sort of just allow it much more than I used to there are definitely times that I try to like stop and I'll just like gently like move my hand down i found that like doing things like sitting on my hands like something like that doesn't really help and fidget toys don't always really help either especially because i feel like with trick and probably with skin picking too is it's not just like the sensation on your fingers but it's also the sensation like on your body from wherever you're picking the hair too it's that sort of almost like sharpness so it is hard to stop doing it but still get the simulation that your body is like craving mm -hmm. yeah i think i think what annoys me about um some medical professionals like oh just treat it like you know an addiction of smoking cigarettes it's like you could have a patch there's things that you know you could smoke something different like there are mm -hmm. other ways to feel the same thing but like not for me there is yeah. no matching sensation mm -hmm. yes exactly and that's something that i think is so nice with social media is like when you're studying trick or like if you're i am a social worker we had a, a class where we looked at like the dsm and i remember we talked about trick and like that was like that. I mean, we didn't really like go over it. We were like, this is what it is. This is where it is, where to find it, how to identify it, whatever. And like, I don't know, you just do not get that insight of like what it's like with as hair picking or skin pulling behaviors and are telling them like, oh, well, like just try like sitting on your hands or like you know try treating it like an addiction try just like stopping cold turkey like it's not only not helpful but it can make it worse it can be like so damaging and it's like you're being gaslit gaslit by your provider to stop doing something that your brain is like making your body do idly like and mindlessly it can really mm -hmm. be yeah it can be hard and i feel like there's so many people with trick and skin pulling disorders who have had that experience of feeling like misunderstood by their providers in that sense mm -hmm. yeah and it's like of course if i could stop i would i would have already like mm -hmm. i don't want to go to school 
right missing like it's not like you want to be pulling out my hair like it literally (laughs) like it used to be so I used to be so embarrassed I'm like of course I pull out my hair like of all of the things I could like do to manage my stress like of course I pull out my hair like it, it literally seems just so strange I feel like realizing that I had ADHD and learning a lot about the neurodiversity movement and that different cognitive disabilities and differences in processing and cognition and coping and communication are such a natural part of the human experience and a natural part of human diversity that don't need to be changed. They just need to be accepted like so many people have skin picking and hair pulling disorders and there's nothing wrong with that they're just so swept under the rug and stigmatized that you like feel so guilty and shameful if you have it and then you feel like it's can be i mean it's much easier now with social media but it's not like there are other people my age who have this and there are other people who are professionals who have this and like it it really is so life-changing really getting to connect with people and see it as just a thing that people do and a thing that people struggle with and not like a clinical issue that you need to fix or deal with Mm -hmm. and I think the pressure of like oh just you know if you do this, you'll stop. It's, there's no way, there's no way. Mm-hmm. That's coming. Why are you even telling me that I can? Cause there's, right. no, I mean, this is forever. Yeah. And I'm like, when you say something like that too, it just shows me that you have no idea what you're talking about and like no idea what I'm feeling. And it makes me less likely to open up and less likely to seek help in the future because I feel like it's going to happen again. Like, I don't know. I'm in therapy now just to talk about like my anxiety and process different things that I have going on in my life. I don't know if I would go back to therapy specifically to target my hair pulling unless I knew it was a provider who was extremely knowledgeable and affirming in those things. And not only those things, but in also like client centered care, because I don't want to go in and have it treated like some medical issue. I can like, it's just not like that. (laughs) It really, Mm -hmm. yeah, it can be so isolating for so many reasons. Like you don't know how other people are going to react. You don't know how providers are going to react or what they're going to suggest. And like, it really is, there are so many layers to it. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't tell you, Hillary. I listened to this podcast where, like, the the top professional for trick, like on TLC, the way you know BFRB.org. Oh my gosh, my blood was boiling. I had to turn it off. I could not believe what this person was saying about it. If my clients want to work hard enough, if they're willing to dedicate, oh my gosh, Hillary, I'm still angry about it. I'm still angry about it. It's been like a year. That is so crazy. It's so damaging. And I see this a lot with ADHD too and autism and different cognitive disabilities is that like the people who are talking about these issues are not the people who have lived them. And they are, it just does so much more harm than good, not only for providers who are trying to learn about the issues, but for people who are dealing with these issues 
too. And like seeing that there is so much misunderstanding coming from the spaces and the people who are trying to help us. It makes like really, it's, it really is so frustrating. I think mm-hmm. social media, again, is so powerful, like for that reason. It's really, I feel like we're starting to see a shift in some ways where people who are dealing with these issues are getting access to that experiential evidence and that lived experience from people who can actually provide meaningful support. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your business. Tell us more in depth. How do we contact you? What do we do? Like, tell us it all, everything. Yeah, totally. So I do individual and group coaching. Um, I do neurodiversity informed wellness coaching. So I help people with all different sort of day-to-day challenges like cleaning and organizing, planning, time management, uh, work-life boundaries or career issues and help them really take action by putting together a plan and then implementing that plan together with some support and direction and guidance and then providing support along the way for troubleshooting and challenges that come up and it really uh, is in the services that i provide and really the their definition of success is the one that we're working around and the one that we're prioritizing and they're expectations and their needs are front and center so really just echoing again that sort of experiential piece is something that i really value in my own business as well um i also do accessible and adaptive fitness classes for different disability community centers and after school programs so movement is something that i love myself and i've gotten so much out of using mindful movement as a way to manage my anxiety and learn about myself and my brain and my body. So that is something that I love using to help other people really build that mind-body connection and that deeper understanding and acceptance too. Um, So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, on Instagram and TikTok at Hillary Lacks LLC. And then my website is hillarylaxllc.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. So before we wrap up, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like to share? I don't think so. I feel like we covered a lot. I really loved how we touched on that piece of like service providers not totally understanding and like how isolating that can be because that's something that I hadn't really expanded on too much so i'm glad that's something that came up because i feel like that is a piece of experiencing trick or skin pulling disorders that a lot of people resonate with (laughs) 